Baker Mayfield, undraftable, off my board. The Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield. What's up and welcome in to your Thursday edition of the OBR Film Breakdown. I'm your host, Jake Burns, and we have a great guest today lined up for you to talk about the wide receiver room in a more broad picture. We'll get to that in just a moment. Uh, There are actually pieces of news about your Cleveland Browns that came out today, which I found, uh, you know, I guess a little refreshing for the opening of this podcast for you folks. It looks like a couple of big pieces, huge here, Miles Garrett to play in the NBA All-Star Celebrity Game, and he might score 100 points because he is a gigantic human and far superior in size and height to anybody else playing in that game. I know Cleveland's new mayor, Justin Bibb, is going to participate in it. Um, uh, I'm not entirely sure who else. We can we can check this thing um, you know, to see who else is in it because sometimes these games can be fun, and if Miles is in it, I just want to watch it to make sure that he doesn't... Uh, doesn't get hurt. Machine Gun Kelly is in it. Like I said, Justin Bibb, Tiffany Haddish. Man, what a game this is going to be. Like I said, Miles could probably go for a ton of points. Jack Harlow's involved. Booby Gibson, if you're a, a, a Cavs fan, for a callback to some of the greats from the past. Anderson Varishow, Cavs legend, will be involved. So check that out. We're yours. Uh, truly on the Cleveland Browns, Miles Garrett will be participating. Otherwise, other news. Ryan Grigson, who's in the Browns front office, who obviously has a history as the Colts GM, joined the Browns before 2020, is going to be taking on a new role, um, his former role here in Cleveland, senior football advisor, personnel evaluation here in Cleveland. He will join um, uh, Cuisi Adolfo Mensa in Minnesota as a uh, senior personnel advisor there as well. Not totally defined what he's doing, but he's going with Cuisi to get probably a bigger voice in the room. Those two developed a relationship from spending time together in Cleveland, so not a huge surprise. Uh, but nonetheless, one of the bigger pieces of information is Tom Pelissero put out there. Um, so that's the big change in the front office, if you want to call it big. Otherwise, the only other piece of news from the former Brown is that Greg Robinson, who I had presumed from his first encounter with gigantic running of um, you know, illegal substances, was already in jail or prison or whatever, and he is apparently not, and was busted, or maybe I'm misinterpreting this, he was arrested for possessing $120,000 worth of drugs, um, which, you know, uh, unfortunate, and uh, I don't know, I don't know what else to say about it, he was the starting left tackle for the Browns in 2019, and has now um, lost control of his life, so hoping all the best for him uh, in getting out of whatever he was dealing with or or participating in and get his life back on track because it seemed like he's getting his pro career back on track in Cleveland before everything fell apart. Anyway, we're going to get to our guest today, which is none other than Abby Mueller. I think Abby does a great job. I'm trying to incorporate more voices for you guys, bring on some different perspectives. I think Abby does great uh, in her uh, content area, which she'll uh, go over that with you guys, what she does, where she does it, and her Twitter handle and all of that. She's at Abby underscore uh, two Bs there, A-B-B-Y underscore Mueller underscore. So check her out on social media. She has fantastic Browns takes, and I wanted to welcome her in to talk about the wide receiver room, big picture, free agents, all that stuff. 
uh, before we get a little more granular in the coming days, looking at some data behind some of these young players that they have on the roster. So let's get over to our interview with Abby Mueller. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, excited to welcome in my second straight day of of Mueller guests. I did not plan this, ironically enough, but I'm excited to have Abby on, on the show, uh, who I have come to respect her opinions like crazy on social and really wanted to give her a chance to come on this podcast and talk about an important position in the wide receiver room. Abby, happy to have you. Thanks, Jake. Uh, super pumped to be here today. Can never have too many Mueller's on on in a row. So uh, looking forward to kind of breaking things down with you today. I'm a, a big fan of your work, so really excited to to be here today. Appreciate that. Let's get rolling. Let's dive into what happened. I don't think you can look around the NFL this year and find a, a less productive wide receiver room. It was it was ugly. Partly in 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 tie. The way the Browns play, you know, they're they're a heavy tight end team. They use three tight ends more than anybody else. They get their running backs involved in the passing game. So that naturally sucks away from the ability to get wide receivers more involved organically than other teams. But like, I, I kind of want to revisit where you were before the year. And it's OK to be wrong because well, I'll tell you, I was wrong. Right. Like this thing fell apart. And uh, were you were you thinking going into this year it had a chance to like you thought it would be a really good wide receiver room and pan out? And the way it fell apart with Odell, I mean, I don't, it's hard to say we could have thought he was leaving, but like, did it crumble the way you thought it might crumble in terms of just quarterback, not finding it the way he needed to. And just, just like, you know, the, the injuries, I, I guess what I'm getting at Abby is like, it, in a, in a sense, did the way it fell apart, uh, surprise you in any way, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think coming into this season, and maybe this is across multiple position groups, I had a bit of rose-colored glasses just based on everything that happened last year and knowing we were going to get OBJ back from his injury and feeling really hopeful for what that was going to be this season. I feel like I didn't put enough of my concern or worries into what this group was going to do. Uh, and then obviously when everything kind of crumbled with OBJ, it, there were there was just a glaring hole at that position uh, that we just did not even have a really good true wide receiver one, uh, and we were limited in what we could do at that position in general. Like you said, our offense is a little bit different in the way we use um, running backs and tight ends as well. Uh, so we're never going to, I feel like, have a super explosive wide receiver like a lot of other teams in this league, but it was definitely disappointing, uh, the production that we had this year at that position overall. 
Yeah, it's tough. It's tough to have predicted that that Odell was as discontent in Cleveland as we've now come to yeah. understand, right? Like we we heard rumblings. There were some things that we caught wind of a trade request that everyone's like, ah, eh, no way. This guy, this guy seems fine. Everything. I understand that the way Baker's injury affected everything, the way he kind of fell apart, right? Definitely had an impact on where this was going. But the 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 top part of it with Odell pretty jarring. The Odell, I'm sorry, not Odell. I switched to Jarvis. So Jarvis, which we covered yesterday with um, uh, Mueller one before before today, mm-hmm. is is centered around his season, which was also weird. You know, he he was hurt. He was out for a stretch. Then he missed a game with COVID. Uh, did not produce much. I think 500. I think he led the team to 500 yards. So mm-hmm. I, I kind of want to open the 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 topic for you to elaborate on as we look forward. Which guys are guys you would like to keep around in 22? So you can go down the list. Yeah. Uh, there's it's a rather short list at this point, but right. just curious what people you value for the next upcoming year is an important year for Baker, uh, as we think he's going to be back at this moment here on February 9th. Which guys do you want to keep? And if you do want to move on from somebody or justify keeping them, let us know there too. Yeah, so I'll start off with Jarvis. I I do really like Jarvis. Uh, He definitely did not have one of his more productive seasons. I think his best season with us was in 2019, um, and he hasn't quite lived up to that since. Uh, And he's obviously going to be quite expensive for us as well. So I think there's a good chance that Andrew Berry takes a look at that and has probably already taken a look at that and decided that – unless we can negotiate down pretty significantly with his contract, it might be best to move on from him and uh, get someone a little bit more affordable, just knowing the different types of guys that I think we should be paying this off season. I mean, I'd like to pay Njoku, Denzel Ward, Clowney I'd like to bring back. So I think um, they're going to be a little bit wary of paying big money to Jarvis considering the production he's had. So I'm kind of operating under the assumption that we're going to move on from him and I'm also kind of operating under the assumption that we're going to move on from Richard Higgins. Um, he's kind of had a weird career in Cleveland, um, a little bit up and down and all over the place. Obviously, he's not super expensive. He's only on a one-year deal right now, but it just feels like he might be ready to move on to some other things as well. I'm not opposed to bringing him back. It just kind of feels like maybe we've hit um, an end with him at this point. And he has been with us for quite some time now. Uh, but I, I just kind of foresee us moving on from him as well, uh, which then brings me to the other two receivers, DPJ and Anthony Schwartz. I do definitely, um, obviously think we're going to be around this coming year. Um, Anthony Schwartz is an interesting one because I think we drafted him to be a little bit of a project. I don't think Andrew Barry felt like he was going to come into the league and be a a Jamar Chase year one. Uh, He did start off the season really strong in that matchup against Kansas City. He had about 70 yards, I believe. There was a really long, um, long one from Baker in that game that was really nice. So uh, there's definitely some potential there. Obviously not huge production, but he's a great athlete. So I think him being behind Jarvis and OBJ this year and being able to learn from them was probably uh, a big deal. Uh, and then we have DPJ. Uh, I, I really like him. I like him more as a wide receiver too. Maybe not the level of pressure that was put on him after everything went down with OBJ. Uh, so definitely foresee him being with us for a while in the future, but not that, not that top guy that we're, we're really looking for at this point. Let me ask you this. An interesting question came up on Twitter today. I should find who asked it because they deserve a shout out. I thought it was a way of thinking about Jarvis that I had not thought about. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm scrolling through it right now. Let me see if I can find it. 
bear with me folks i'm not editing this out we're keeping this organic <laughs> um it happened this morning it's a great question abby gotta find it i can paraphrase it but i wanted to give the guy a shout out um I can't find it. Whatever. Uh, I'm sorry if you listen to the show and you ask this question. Much love. Appreciate that question. So he said, is there an, an, an uh, I, I think it's multifaceted here, but like, is there an angle by which the Browns look at the free agent market, which you and I are going to get to here in a second, and they say, boy, it's going to be hard to convince somebody without overpaying them to come here next year. And why is because of the way Odell has impacted everything, right? Like, yeah. It's it's whether you want to blame Baker for the Odell situation or not truly is irrelevant. The NFL as a whole has taken a side. They've all pretty much gone to Odell's side. And now, again, I'm not sitting here trying to justify whether they're right or not, but it doesn't take much of a, a creative mind here to look at the way the NFL is tweeting. And I'm talking a broad range of people and see that they have clearly taken the side of Odell and backing up Odell's father, posting the video and saying Baker Mayfield was a problem. So you have a free agent opportunity and you're like, okay, can we get DJ shark? Can we get Christian Kirk? Can we get Juju? And you wouldn't ask these questions, which are fair and money talks. And I get that, but the Browns could be thinking to themselves, right? Like, I don't know if we're going to be able to convince a market value player without overpaying them to come next year. Should we consider letting Jarvis play out his 16 million and, and keeping that cohesion with Baker as we try to truly test whether Baker's back to the form at the end of 2020, if that's the real him and keep that cohesion for him and just have like, you know, Jarvis on an expiring contract instead of maybe overpaying somebody else. I get that angle for me personally. It does make an interesting amount of sense because you're not locking on in anything with Jarvis past just next year. You keep a guy that you have seen in your system and Baker has a whole bunch of, uh, a whole bunch of uh, you know time spent with and understanding of the player, and you're a little concerned about like, hey, you know, all these guys who we sit here and have these fun conversations about might not actually want to come to Cleveland based on the environment that was left behind by Odell that has just been magnified through the playoffs and now the Super Bowl. Do you think that is something? I hadn't thought of it, Abby. I think it's an interesting thing to think about. What do you think of that? I I haven't thought about that either, but I definitely think that is a real concern. Uh, like you said, the league looks at the situation in Cleveland a certain way, whether we agree with that or not. Um, that is how a, a lot of players look, specifically probably a lot of wide receivers that are friends with Odell uh, and saw what went down. I'm not sure at this point in time that Cleveland is the most attractive place for a free agent wide receiver when you maybe for the first time or the second time in your career have the power to decide where you want to go and have a little bit more um, freedom in that. I don't know if Cleveland is the place you would want to go at that point in time, just as a receiver, knowing everything with Baker that's gone on to with his injury and not knowing what he's going to look like this coming season. Uh, I, I think that is a legitimate concern and would be a reason to potentially uh, keep Jarvis around because we do have him locked in already. So yeah, I think that is a great point. I hadn't thought of it. I had, I really didn't. I don't know whether Jarvis is happy. We, you know, we elaborated with Jared yesterday about, I don't know if the guy's happy or not. He might be miserable. He didn't do his media sessions with the the, the right. group at the, at the end of the year. And and I know the circus around Jarvis was going to always be pointed at Odell and asking him those questions. And he probably just wanted to avoid that to keep a neutral stance. I don't know. He could be more tired of Cleveland than we know, or he might not care. And he said, Hey man, I'm here. If you want to pay me 16 mil, let's run it. Um, but it's an interesting way of thinking about that. Like for example, and again, I'm going to ask you literally here in a second about who you are interested in in the market, but say 
DJ Shark is a guy you go after and you have to, instead of offering him a three-year, $30 million contract, 22 guaranteed, whatever, you have to overpay to convince him. And then you're stuck with three years of a guy who maybe, and you know, it's an underwhelming market sometimes with these top end free agent wide receivers, the production versus the contract. I could see the thought process being, that's just an angle I haven't thought about. And I just want to kind of throw it at you. So I don't know, folks, you take it, you take it where you want to take it, but like, if they do end up keeping Jarvis with the status quo unchanged, that could be an angle of thought process that maybe we did not uh, did not get to. Let's talk about your free agent interests. Um, I'll open it up. Go ahead. Whoever you're interested in, tell me why you're interested in them. And then we'll get to in just a second people you think they should steer clear of. Yeah. So I want to preface it by just saying that I personally think that we're going to really head into the draft focusing on the receiver position. So uh, with that, there are, you know, big name free agents, but I, I think we should probably draft at least one, maybe two receivers and then balance it out with a potential one free agent wide receiver. Um, so I'm not looking at a lot of the, the big name ones um, like the Chris Godwins, uh, the Allen Robinson, a little bit um, expensive. I know Chris Godwin's coming off of an ACL injury. The couple I'm looking at are Christian Kirk, DJ Chark, and uh, Cedric Wilson. Uh, so those were three guys I kind of pinpointed that I felt like could be a little bit more affordable for us. Christian Kirk is is an interesting one because he, he had a, a really good year in Arizona, but he's actually from Arizona. So I question whether or not he would want to leave sunny Arizona and come over to Cleveland. Um, DJ Shark is an interesting one. He missed most of the 2021 season with a, a fractured ankle injury, but um, very productive seasons in 2019 and 2020. Um, and he's there in Jacksonville, which we know is not uh, a stellar franchise at the moment. So maybe he's potentially looking to to go somewhere else. Um, and then Cedric Wilson with the Cowboys. Um, you know, there's a lot of talented receivers in the Cowboys. They also dealt with quite a few injuries. Um, and he had a chance to really shine with a lot of other guys out. So I think he's he's someone else that we could potentially target um, during this this time of free agency. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Yeah, I think those guys are, are certainly at the top of the list. I'll be interested to see what Dallas does with uh, – and we touched on this. We did a little Twitch dueling mock draft thing where we did free agents before. I think Cedric Wilson's a ton of fun. Yeah. Um, what they do with Gallup's injury and maybe letting him walk, do they feel like they have to bring him back? That's that's interesting. If he hits the market, uh, that guy could be uh, could be fun. So so right on to point him out. Um, let's talk about people you don't want to go anywhere near. You got any of those? Yeah, so I kind of briefly mentioned Chris Godwin coming off of ACL surgery. Uh, does concern me a little bit with the price tag. Um, Mike Williams was another one that's been thrown around quite a bit um, that I'm also just not sure on spending this kind of money, which is really what it's been coming down to for me uh, for the most part. Uh, Juju is another one that I think has been thrown out, which I think from a talent and fit standpoint I'm makes sense. 
Uh, but I'm just struggling to fully wrap my head around bringing Juju Smith-Schuster into the Browns organization, which I'm a little curious what you think about him as as a fit with the Browns. I think he's a fit, but like I also understand, like, can a guy be too Pittsburgh? Can a guy be too Baltimore? Can a guy be too Cincinnati to make you feel comfortable with it? Right? Like, uh, th- th- I'm not. It's kind of a weird way of thinking, but it is extremely strange to think about Juju Smith-Schuster in a Browns uniform, given the amount of animosity we had towards that guy, especially in the uh, Browns, the Browns saga, and all that stuff. He's just. He's just very Pittsburgh. Like he, he he's just through and through Pittsburgh. It's almost like if Baltimore let uh not that you wouldn't want them because they're good players, but uh, I don't know who to think off the top of my head. Uh, maybe like Ray Lewis or something. I don't know. I, I'm not I'm not calling Juju a Ray Lewis level player, but like just when you think Pittsburgh, you think of Juju right now. Like you kind of right. think of like I don't know Cincinnati. Maybe like AJ Green coming over late in his career. It'd have been weird to see AJ Green not in not in uh. Arizona, but in Cleveland, like that, just, just the, the switch of uniforms and all that would be strange. Now I think he fits, right? There's a question of whether you want to bring in some of the, uh, some of the shenanigans, the, the, the social presence, some of that stuff, some of the quote stuff. I don't think he's as nearly in the realm of Chase Claypool level of immaturity, but, uh, I could certainly see staying away from it. If you're not into that as a part of an addition to your locker room, he's a fit, but I would not even be remotely surprised if there's no interest at all from the Browns. So, um, sure. there, there's this interesting list. I'm, I'll let you go with this. What's, uh, two things first, uh, guys in the draft that, or maybe a guy or two at the top yep. that you're most interested in. I know you've probably studied this so religiously, uh, <laughs> like we all have, but just guys, you know, are you interested in anybody uh, above anyone else? Or are you kind of open yeah. the door to all these guys? Uh, definitely open, but my top two for sure are Garrett Wilson and Drake London. I think mm-hmm. they're kind of leading my list. I did go to Ohio State, so I definitely have a little bias towards uh, the Buckeye receivers in the draft. But overall, I do think Garrett Wilson would be uh, exactly what we're looking for. And Drake London is a little bit of a different receiver than Garrett Wilson, but uh, extremely talented as well. So those two, I would definitely put right, right at the top of my list with that 13th pick. Um, I'm hoping we use that for a receiver. I could see a world where Andrew Barry uses that for something else and takes one or two receivers later in the draft, maybe a second round receiver, just knowing how deep this class is. But um, my preference would be to take someone at 13, hopefully one of those guys still being on the board. Yeah, those are my two guys as well. So, you know, Abby's as, as smart as they come with this stuff. She's <laughs> on top of it. What is, uh, tell me this, because I, I want everybody to be able to uh, to find your work. Tell us where they can find you on Twitter and your uh, postings, audio writing, anything of that nature. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Abby underscore Mueller underscore. Had to have the, the two underscores in there. Uh, <laughs> and then my podcast is Just a Girl from Cleveland. It is on all platforms that you listen to podcasts. Talk a lot of Browns, a lot of Cavs, um, just whatever's going on in Cleveland sports or sports in general. So definitely check it out. Abby, thank you so much for joining today. I, I Listen, I hope to have you on regularly and uh, make you part of, of this show whenever you have the time. As I know today, listeners will have enjoyed your insights and we'll look forward to hearing from you again. Awesome. Thank you so much. I, I really appreciate it. Appreciate your time too. Huge thank you to Abby for joining us on today's episode, providing her insights and uh, doing some homework and looking up some some free agents and giving her thoughts on fit and some of those draftable wide receivers too. It is OBR week. Um, it's not just OBR week, it's wide receiver week at the OBR. So check that out. If you are uh, craving more insights into the position for the Cleveland Browns, 
we got some film room stuff up. We've got some analytics stuff. Cody Sweck did a great job. Uh, Cody Sook, sorry, did a great job with free agent options at wide receiver and how the analytics tie into the best ones out there. You can find that. And we had a OBR weekly episode with Barry McBride and Fred Greetham last night on the Twitch channel. If you'd like to rewatch that where they take some user questions and uh, give their insights on the wide receiver room too and, and plenty more. So all that is available for you. Check out yesterday's episode with Jared Mueller where we went through in more detail Jarvis and Richard Higgins and the decisions looming for both of those guys available for you as we continue the OBRs week. We also had Russell Brown from cover one on for the uh, senior bowl recap names that matter for the Browns as they get closer to the draft, which is not as far away as you think it is combine coming in March. It'll be here before we know it. So we'll keep on trying to lay out as many things as possible for you. Hit me up with any podcast ideas, things you want to hear about. I've had a couple that have hit my inbox that I will get to eventually, Uh, specifically looking at wide receiver prototype that fits the Browns and Baker Mayfield uh, as we lean into what will be the process for next year based on what we know, the intelligence we have right now. So, um, you know, never be afraid to hit me up with those uh, ideas. I like those, and we've done plenty of episodes based off ideas from suggestions. So thank you for checking out today's episode. Appreciate your support of this pod. The Twitch and the OBR website means the world to me. Have a great Thursday, and go Browns. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com